It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 332 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo Community Podcast. This episode is called Potluck. It is November 5th, 2021, and this is Jen. I'm going to start with the definition of potluck because I don't think it's like worldwide, maybe. According to Merriam-Webster, there are two definitions which have to do with randomly selecting whatever food you have to feed uh, an unannounced or unexpected guest. But the second one is more relevant here. Whatever is offered or available in given circumstances or at a given time. So what I've brought to you today in this episode is a mixture of things going on with Activision Blizzard and also things going on with Diablo and stuff like that. And it's kind of a mix. It's always a bit of a mix, but this one maybe is a bit more. And I'll just get right into it now. As you may have heard, Activision Blizzard had an investors thing or something like that. I'm not really good with numbers and financial stuff, but I'm looking at it on Yahoo Finance, which makes it simple to understand. So that's what I'm going to read, pieces of anyway. So uh, this is written by Daniel Hawley, technology editor for Yahoo Finance, which believe it or not, Yahoo actually does do some news. You know, they don't just copy it over. Sometimes they do. It's like uh, shared, like a lot of news sites share news with others and stuff. But this one seems to be original to Yahoo Finance. So uh, Daniel Hawley wrote, Activision Blizzard reported its quarter three 2021 earnings after the closing bell on Tuesday, meeting analysts' expectations on the top line and beating on the bottom line. Here's the most important numbers from the report compared with what the street was looking for. Of course, that's Wall Street. Revenue, $1.88 billion versus $1.88 billion expected. Earnings per share, 0.72 versus $0.70. There's a dollar sign in there. Uh, expected. While Activision Blizzard sucks a solid quarter three, its quarter four outlook fell shy of analysts' expectations, with the company calling for revenue of $2.78 billion in the quarter. In the quarter, Wall Street was looking for $2.95 billion. Expected earnings per share were also lower than analysts' expectations, with the street calling for $1.39 per share for quarter four and Activision Blizzard pointing to $1.29. And then there's a description about what Activision Blizzard is, but if you're listening to this show, you already know that. Um, apparently, Bobby Kotek said, I'm pleased to report strong third quarter results ahead of our prior outlook. We are excited about this week's Call of Duty launch and expect uh, to expect continued success in the fourth quarter. Goes on from there. Uh, there's a couple of paragraphs here about all the lawsuits and things like that. And uh, let's see, there's a few other. It's kind of a wrap up of that stuff, but I think I've talked about that enough. Where you probably already have heard it, or and if you haven't, you can go into previous shows and check it out there. Kotek, who is previously one of the country's highest paid CEOs, has also taken a pay cut, dropping his overall compensation to $62,500 until the board is satisfied with the company's efforts. He previously earned $155 million via a mix of base salary and stock in 2020. So there's that. That's kind of a lot of money, even though the, you know, sometimes the finance people are like, no, not enough. We must have more from you. 
So I have a tweet from at Blizz Jess, who's been making a lot of really like astute observations about this whole thing. And she wrote this, if ABK generates this much revenue, they have the money and resources to pay all of their employees living wages and make contractors FTEs, full-time employees, I assume. She says, I don't want to hear any more. It's not in the budget. And that's a really obvious and good thing that should come out of this, but I'm guessing it probably won't. I think all we're going to see is Kotech took a minor pay cut you know, I mean, maybe it's a big pay cut for him, but when you've been living on a huge, huge, huge salary and other features that give you more money for however many years he's been in there, it probably doesn't affect him much at all. And then we had a message from Jen O'Neill, which was posted on the Blizzard website, Blizzard Entertainment. And uh, in short, she's left the company. I'm going to read you part of her uh, statement that she wrote. Uh, To the Blizzard community, over the last few months, many of us have been taking the time to ask ourselves how we can affect the most positive change in our workplace, in our games, and in our communities. On a macro level, Mike Ybarra and I, along with the rest of Blizzard, have been navigating the important changes we must undertake in order to be known as the creative powerhouse that brought hundreds of millions of players into Azeroth, Sanctuary, and more, all while ensuring our workplace and game communities are truly inclusive, safe, and inviting to all. On a micro level, as I've listened to the story, from people all over Blizzard and been inspired by their courage and conviction. I've been thinking about the potential of what I can do as an individual to create the most meaningful change. For the last 20 years of my career, I have loved develop- I've loved developing games. They are my lifeblood. I also have been fortunate to find my passion and voice in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space along the way. Those of you who have played our games will know that sometimes our adventures can keep you on the quest you set out on, but sometimes a new quest beckons. I really like that paragraph because it feels like a story, you know? So Jen O'Neill's a good writer. That's what I think. Here's uh, the key point here. I want you to hear from me personally that I have made the decision to step away from co-leading Blizzard and I almost said Activision, co-leading Blizzard Entertainment, and I will transition to a new position before departing ABK at the end of the year. Effective immediately, Mike Kibara will lead Blizzard. I am doing this not because I am without hope for Blizzard, quite the opposite. I'm inspired by the passion of everyone here, working towards meaningful, lasting change with their whole hearts. This energy has inspired me to step out and explore how I can do more more to have games and diversity intersect and hopefully make a broader industry impact that will benefit Blizzard and other studios as well. While I am not totally sure what form that will take, I am excited to embark on a new journey to find out. And uh, the other thing that I think is key in here, ABK's leadership is graciously offering their support for my decision and has worked with me on a plan to invest in the future of other women in the gaming industry by agreeing to make a U.S. $1 million grant to Women in Games International, a fantastic nonprofit organization where I am a board member that cultivates and advances equality and diversity in the global games industry. This money will be used to fund skill building and mentorship programs. So it just kind of goes on from there. There's more stuff and here, and I'll let you read that for yourself, but that's that's the thing. So we had two, you know, co-leaders of Blizzard, and now we have one. The Verge wrote an article, Blizzard co-lead Jen O'Neill steps down three months after taking the role. Mike Ybarra is now the sole leader of the studio. There's a quote here from the thing I just read. Uh, a few quotes from the thing I just read, and then there's some stuff that uh, we already know about that I've talked about, uh, including plans for BlizzCon Line 2021, not... Uh, have been paused 2022 
I think we know isn't happening. So, you know, there's that. It's just a quick wrap-up. Um, a better ABK in reference to Jen O'Neill leaving, well, not leaving the company, but stepping down. They wrote this. This is a sad moment for many of us at ABK who were excited to have a new experience with the woman of color heading our company. We found out during our shareholder meeting and wish Jen well in her future endeavors. So I'm not sure that she's staying in Blizzard or if she's moving to somewhere else. Um, but I guess we'll find out eventually. And back to Blizz Jess, who is very smart and astute and writes well about this whole thing that's been going on. She wrote, every prominent woman in power but... Francis Townsend is gone. Make it make sense. Why is Fran Townsend still there? That's a really good question. I'm not sure what she's bringing to uh, ABK. Another tweet from A Better ABK. In order to shed some light on the lives of contractors across ABK and the more insidious nature of this employment, we want to invite some of our current peers and alumni to speak about their experiences in replies here. So people that have worked for Blizzard as a contractor have been telling their story connected to this tweet and a lot of it is really dire. They are not getting treated well at all. They're getting um, false expectations about, oh, well, if you do well, you can become a full employee and then it doesn't happen for so many of them. And sometimes, some of them, one thing, uh, I've read quite a few of these and one of the comments that keeps popping up is they were told not to talk to devs. Another thing that's seems to be popping up in this thread of people that were contractors or are contractors for Blizzard uh, or or Activision. Some of them have done a little bit of both it seems. One of the thing that keeps one of the things that keeps coming up is they do not get paid time off. They don't get sick time like sick pay. Um, if they're out because they're sick, they don't get paid at all. They are expected to work ridiculous hours for crunch. And that's unhealthy for everyone involved with that. And so that's happening. And it's just, they're getting tiny little, like someone got a 13 cent raise after the launch of some game. And how how is a 13 cent raise going to help you when you're already getting, you know, a pittance of a wage that you can't live on? And yet, Blizzard Activision King has all this money. All this money. But they don't care about their contractors enough. And I think this is going to turn into something big because people have had it. I've heard it called the uh, the great resignation. Basically, if you look on Twitter, people talking about jobs. And in short, what that means is people who have lived through the pandemic are now realizing just how terrible their jobs are. And they want something better. They want to be able to have a living wage. They want to be able to have paid time off. They want to be able to have, you know, their their work pay for their sick day because people are going to get sick. We're still in a pandemic. There's still the flu going around. So, I mean, it's just egregious to not care about your contract workers enough to give them, you know, an ability to live their lives. Like literally, how do you pay your rent when the only money you got as a raise was 13 cents? I'm sure your rent's going up. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So that's some of the things that the contractors were having to put up with. Some may still be there. Some may have left. I didn't really dig into it too far. But when you talk, when you look at that shareholders thing that I read, you know, at the beginning, I just can't imagine why a company as big as Activision Blizzard King would feel it's acceptable to treat people this way that are contract workers. That's not okay. That's never going to be okay. 
And then we have another one from ABK or a better ABK. We have learned from contractors across ABK that they are being forced to take mandatory unpaid leave during the holidays, putting them in immediate financial and housing crisis. Displacing workers who help create the products that generate ABK's revenue is inhumane. And I agree with that entirely. And there's comments beyond that you can look at if you want to. Everything I talk about, as always, everything I talk about in the show will be in the show notes at ShatteredSoulStone.com so you can read it more fully if you want. And then there's Ubisoft. Ubisoft had started a better Ubisoft after being inspired by a better ABK. And I've got an article here from IGN explaining how that's going. Ubisoft employee group launches new petition after none of its demands were met 100 days after its initial open letter. Current and former staff affiliated with the A Better Ubisoft employee group have launched a new petition asking for support in their campaign to end abuse at the company and across the wider gaming industry. The petition comes after a lack of response from the studio to the demands made in an open letter written by the group back in August, signed by over 1,000 Ubisoft employees. The letter pledged support to a walkout taken by Activision Blizzard staff in light of their leadership's response to ongoing harassment allegations, while also demanding that Ubisoft Ubisoft management do more to end abuse at its own company. And so there's a thread, there's a, a better Ubisoft tweeted about this, so you can find that in the IGN article. That's what they're doing. Um, in a separate tweet, the group put out key demands for the campaign. In summary, these demands include ending a cycle of, quote, promoting and moving known offenders from studio to studio, end quote, and creating a cross-industry collaboration involving both management and non-management staff that will help to lay out a framework for ground rules and processes that studios can use to handle offenses in the future. Maybe that'll work eventually. I mean, it seems like some changes have happened at Blizzard. Not all of them are good. Some of them are better, maybe. But, you know, Ubisoft needs to get on this as well because you can't treat your workers as though they are not human. Just everything I think that ABK was saying, you know, and that the contract workers were saying, that's you just shouldn't treat your workers that way, no matter who you are, no matter how big your company is. Moving right along, there was a tweet from Stephen Totillo, who covers video games for Axios, and there's a screenshot here from what might have been from the investor's call, but I'm not sure of its source. It's definitely from Activision Blizzard. And Stephen Totillo wrote, Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 delayed. And so here's a little piece update on our pipeline, it's called, and there's some little bullet points here. As we have worked with new leadership in Blizzard within the franchises themselves, particularly in certain key creative roles, it has become apparent that some of the Blizzard content planned for next year will benefit from more development time to reach its full potential. While we are still planning to deliver a substantial amount of content from Blizzard next year, we are now planning for a later launch for Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 than originally envisaged. There are two; These are two of the most eagerly anticipated titles in the industry, and our teams have made great strides towards, towards completion in recent quarters, but we believe giving the team some extra time to complete production and continue growing their creative resources to support the titles after launch will ensure that these releases delight and engage their communities for many years into the future. These decisions will also also push out the financial uplift that we had, had expected to see next year, but we are confident that this is the right course of action for our people, our players, and the long-term successes of our franchises. So you're not getting Diablo 2 or Overwatch 2 as expected. It'll be a later launch, 
it's probably good that they're giving those franchises more time to work work on stuff because generally in my opinion i'd rather see workers being able to take their time and do it right instead of having to go through crunch so that's a better thing if that's going to be what's happening but i'm also wondering since there's frequent people on twitter who work for either activision or blizzard that have left the company and make some sort of public statement about it or a photo in front of the giant orc um, statue at the front of uh, blizzard headquarters i believe um maybe they're running low on people and so they don't have the staff to do what they want to get done in order to make activision blizzard king a bunch of money but you know not their contract workers I'm going to be bitter about that because I am a contract worker. So anyway, in, in one instance, not everything I do is that. So Wowhead picked that up as well and tweeted this. Activision Blizzard CFO Armin Zira confirms that the company is not planning to include Overwatch 2 or Diablo 4 in 2022 financial outlooks, strongly indicating that the games will not release next year. So based on Wowhead and their assessment of this, I'm going to believe that's probably true. So maybe we'll get those in 2023. I don't know. Uh, as you may know, there was a public test realm for Diablo 3. It's PTR 2.7.2. This is a preview blog that I'm looking at right now. And it's got some changes in here, as there always will be. There is descriptions in this post if you've never done a PTR and you want to about how you can, how you can do it and what they're looking for. Uh, the focus of this, there will be three PTR unique buffs active to help you on your journey. Increased legendary drop rates, increased experience gains, and double blood shard drops. You can also buy new gear for testing from the special PTR vendor Jank Meme. That's, it's spelled D-J-A-N-K and then M-I apostrophe E-M, and it's a giant Khazra. I've been in there once to see it. Um, who will exchange blood shards for class-specific bags full of legendary items that we'd love for you to test. There's also class and balance changes. To ensure that the most significant class changes receive an ample amount of attention, we would love for you to focus testing and feedback on the set changes to the Witch Doctor, Barbarian, Necromancer, Wizard, and Demon Hunter, and the new season theme testing. We're looking to gather feedback on the seasonal theme content featuring soul shards. So that's kind of what they want you to do if you're going to jump into the PTR. And it's a short time. The PTR is a very short time in general just to kind of get a grasp on, is this going to work? Do people like it? Is it bugged? You know, this sort of thing. So the new season theme for season 25 includes a new type of socketable item called soul shards. Nephilim can find seven unique soul shards based on the Lords of Hell, which give players demonic new powers. One of three prime evil soul shards can be equipped into helms, and one of four lesser evil soul shards can be equipped into weapons. Each soul shard can be upgraded three times using a new seasonal exclusive consumable, the Hellforge Ember. Soul shards and Hellforge Embers can drop from anywhere in Sanctuary, but soul shards have a higher chance to drop from bosses. Soul shards cannot be traded, but can be salvaged or utilized in Candlesan's Despair, which is part of the um, Canice Cube. It's a recipe in there. You may only equip one Prime Evil Soul Shard and 
one lesser evil soul shard at a time. Lastly, soul shards and Hellforge embers only drop in seasonal play and will not transfer to your non-seasonal character when the season ends. So that makes sense to me. You know, we know that the ethereals from season 24 are not going to transfer over into non-season characters. So it makes sense that the soul shards are not going to do that as well. Although I've got to say, I haven't gotten any ethereals that I've been playing, probably not as much as people that stream are able to play, and I haven't seen an ethereal, so I am convinced at this point that my version of the game does not include ethereals because I haven't seen any of them at all whatsoever. If that changes, I'll update here. Uh, if it changes, I don't know how much time Season 24 has, but I'll try. And I'm going to put up uh, two videos that I haven't put up yet on YouTube of gameplay from that, which you'll find probably sometime after this show comes out. Okay, so there's a developer's note in here. With the upcoming 25th anniversary of the Diablo franchise, we wanted players to delve into the darker side of the Nephilim's past. In Season 25, players can embrace evil by infusing themselves with the essences of the Lords of Hell. Players will embark on their season journey to discover and upgrade demonic soul shards based on the Seven Lords of Hell. By embodying a prime and lesser evil, players will inflict new forms of pain and suffering on the Demons of Sanctuary. We can't wait for players to get their hands on soul shards to start unlocking their true power. And then there's a whole bunch of items and stuff that they're building up, basically, and you can check those out. There's, uh, I'll read the developer's notes on this. We've reworked the Witch Doctor Spirit of Arakir set, as well as several legendary Witch Doctor items. With these changes, we hope to infuse Spirit of Arakir with more f- flavor and gameplay, as well as give Witch Doctors a much-needed power increase for... The Demon Hunter embodiment of the Marauder set, they have adjusted it to give it some of its legacy functionality and shifted power back to the centuries. Additionally, we buffed the Shadow's Mantle set to make it more effective against multiple targets. Uh, For the Necromancer, the Necromancer's Bones Rothma set redesign has not been as strong as we initially hoped, so we've increased its power. And for the Wizard, the Wizard's Firebird's Finery was reborn in patch 2.7.0 and has been one of the strongest builds in the game for all activities since. It's time to reduce the power of Firebird's Finery to bring it more in line with other classes and builds. And then there's how to participate, how to do a character copy, all this kind of stuff. Some of you probably already have done that. Leviathan's got a video called Season 25 Preview, Hadrig's Gifts and Conquests, so you can figure out what you're very likely going to run into in Season 25, and you can figure out which class you want to play based on what set they're going to offer and, and this sort of thing. So if, you, if you're unsure or undecided, this would be a good video to watch to help you figure out which class set appeals to you the most for Season 25. In addition... Leviathan did a video about the soul shards and the Hellforge uh, embers, class buffs, and nerfs, which is basically probably focused on um, what I just read from the PTR 2.7.2, which I was reading. Which one was I reading? Yep, 2.7.2. So Leviathan's got a video. So if you don't want to read the whole thing, you can watch his video and probably get, you know, just as good information as the other thing had. It just depends on what resource you want to uh, learn from whatever works for you. Maxroll has a PTR 2.7.2 preview and initial thoughts. It was published by Maxroll, so I'm assuming that means a number of people at Maxroll 
worked on it and it's got an overview a season 25 theme item and balance changes possible new builds and a change log so they'll be updating as things change in here and you can check it out with a lot of details and a bunch of numbers if you're very into the numbers of things it's here it looks at all of the set pieces for the season 25 and it'll be if you really want to dig into it i suggest this one and then we have more patch notes these are for Diablo 2 Resurrected. There's an 11.5 PC patch notes, 2.2.7 build, and then build is 66878, if I got those right. So this is for the PC only, this particular set of patch notes. And it's written by Pez Radar, who is a community manager. So here's some of what it says. In an effort to align patch versions, we will begin posting patch version numbers and build numbers for PC patches. A new patch will be available this morning. This was written on November 5th, which is today, for PC. And there's some links if you want to share your feedback or a bug report or troubleshooting. General updated the game client to be able to scale the rate at which players can join and create games based on server capacity. Added in-game messaging to communicate how much time is left before a player can join or create another game. Added to join slash create game rate refunding so that if a player joins a game that is full, in addition to other cases, they will now be able to immediately try to join another game rather than being limited. And there's a couple of bug fixes. Fixed a crash caused by the Amazon when using Arctic Blast and fixed crashes that could occur when a user quits the game. So that's the PC version of this. There's also a console patch. So it's 11.5 console patch notes 2.1.7. And here's what they've got. In an effort to align patch versions, we'll begin posting a patch version a patch version numbers for the console patches. And the, and the rest of that is about the same. But this one affects a new patch will be available this morning, November 5th. So it's probably already out for consoles, including Xbox, PS4, and PS5 consoles. Nintendo Switch will receive this update later. And we will update this thread when this occurs. And in general, we've got... Um, pretty much the same things that were over on the PC one. It looks like it's the same information, but there's more bug fixes here. So in addition to fixing a crash caused by the Amazon when using Arctic Blast and fixing crashes that could occur when a user quits the game, they've done these things. Fixed crashes relating to exiting the queue to play offline. Fixed crash that could occur when fighting Bale. Fixed crash that could occur when playing in legacy mode for extended periods of time. Fixed performance issues while playing in legacy mode in furnace of pain fixed an issue where friend lists wouldn't show player location information correctly fixed an issue where the game settings tab label would show as blank in non-english languages and miscellaneous localization string updates so that's what they've been up to with that and leviathan's got a very short little i guess it's a clip he was playing diablo 2 resurrected in chaos sanctuary and had some good stuff happen so it was kind of a very happy video to look at big daddy den has a, a youtube video and it's called uh, d2r easy like easy high rune farming so if you want to look for a farming spot then this is uh this is a good one to take a look at and learn from Diablo Immortal posted this on November 5th for a chance, or posted this on Twitter, I should say, for a chance to gain access to the Diablo Immortal closed beta, describe the personality of the last person you texted using only emojis. It is for Android only, and you need to enter by 11, 8, 12 p.m. PT. So if you're using Android, this is for you. All of us iOS people, I'm assuming we'll get into this later on, because I, I can't remember if that's, I think that might be what happened 
I'm not sure if that's what happened before, but um, yeah, if you got an Android uh, device and you want to get into Diablo Immortal, you might want to take a chance with this little um, thing that Diablo Immortal tweeted about. <laughs> Leviathan's been busy. He's got another one, uh, Diablo uh, 3. Is it a Diablo 3 one? It is. I should have moved this before. And it's about those soul shards that were mentioned, the soul shards and the Hellforge embers. And he wrote, this is, in my opinion, the most intriguing seasonal theme we've seen so far. So there's a video there for you to check out if you want to see more of that. And we've come to the end of this potluck of information that I found to do this show. And we'll see what we find for next week, which is it's always a guess as to what will come next, especially considering uh, there's, you know, so much going on with the Diablo games, with the exception of D4, I guess, that there's there's going to be news, there's going to be more stuff, and there's going to be people sharing uh, how well or how poorly they feel they're doing in D2 and the upcoming season 25 for Diablo 3. So that's where I'm going to close the show. You have been listening to episode 332 of The Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in-game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. I should probably clarify that this is on Diablo 3. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page as well as at the Shattered Soulstone website. This show is powered by you, the listener. Send in your thoughts, contributions, questions, and feedback to our Twitter at Shattered Stone or Facebook, facebook.com slash Shattered Soulstone. Thank you for listening.